1: She is a spiritual entrepreneur and creator of the popular podcast On Purpose Online Academy. She's doing so many amazing things, but, but I'm going to let Devi tell you her story because she's much better at it and it's her story. So welcome, Devi.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. I love any time we get together. This is wonderful.
1: Me too. This is such a treat and you know, so much for sheltering in place. This gives us much more opportunity to connect to the people that we love. And hear more of what's going on for them. Before we get into what's going on today, I would love to—I would love it if you would share with my guests a little bit about your professional background and what brought you to the work that you're doing today.
2: Yeah, so uh, I have a really interesting and kind of windy road background. So I'll kind of keep it on the main rails. But (laughs) so I grew up in Washington D.C. and I went to Carnegie Mellon. I have a dual degree from. A Carnegie Mellon in uh, Information Decision Systems and Management. And I graduated from there. I went to work for Oracle. And uh, when I was at Oracle, it was one New Year's Eve. I sat down and I wrote out my bucket list, right? The things that I wanted to do before I passed on. As I wrote it out, I found a list from two years prior. And I was looking at the two lists and I was like, wow, they're the same lists. In two years of my life, I've done nothing of the things that I think are most important. And I was like, well, I, this doesn't stand. So I started to do one a month and I was going through my bucket list. And at the end of the year, I had, you know, ran a marathon, got scuba certified, became a licensed skydiver, traveled Europe, and it was a crazy year. And at the end of the year, I was like, well, now what? And I had this moment where I had, you know, I'd seen all these people making a lot of money who were visibly unhappy. I'd been creating a lot of experiences in my life that I thought would make me feel more fulfilled, Right and I still wasn't. And I thought, well, there must be something else. And so I was invited to a workshop with Tony Robbins companies, and they were talking about, you know, walking on fire. (laughs) And they had us leave the room and go out. And they said, you know, we're starting a coaching practice. If you feel like you'd like to make a difference in the lives of people and be of contribution, we'd love for you to apply. And I was like, "Hmm, maybe contribution's it. So I ended up leaving corporate. Actually, we had a whole reorg, so it was perfect timing went and uh, worked for Tony's company for a while. And um, while I felt more fulfilled in the contribution aspect, I still felt like there was so much more for me to share. And so I went out on a long journey. I could take you on many turns, but just really trying to discover what it was because there was this divine discontent I was experiencing the entire time that I couldn't quite fulfill with anything I was doing in the corporate world, even in the coaching industry. And I was trying to figure out what it was. And years later I was on a plane and I was flying from San Diego to DC and back again. And on that plane trip I was like I listened to a podcast on podcasting. And I was like, "Oh, I think I want to start a podcast, right?" And meanwhile, this during this journey I had like written a kids book and studied yoga and was coaching people the whole time, but I thought, "Let's try that and see what that's like." And um, for the first time as I decided that I was going to start a podcast, I started to experience a little bit of relief from that voice inside of me that was like, you know, that kind of gnawing, now what, there's something missing. And once I launched my show, I was having a hard time picking the topic. I was like, okay, well, do I do, what do I do it on? Because I could do it on so many different things. And my friend's like, well, why don't you use that domain you've had since 99, spiritualentrepreneur.com? And I was like, oh, I can't do that. Right. Cause I had realized like I had tucked away the spiritual aspect of myself for most of my life. It was the true essence of who I was. Right. But as soon as I decided to launch that show, I really, I had full relief. Things started to come into place inside of me. And what I started to realize is that fulfillment in life doesn't really come from acquisition. It doesn't come from just straight up contribution. And it certainly doesn't come from just experiences. although they're amazing. Cause they stretch our comfort zone but it really comes from expressing that voice of our soul, the essence of who we are in service to humanity in some way. At least for me, that's been, and a lot of my clients, that's what I found really brings that joy and fulfillment into life. And I feel like right now, especially, we are being faced with a global need for the collective expression of of the voices of our souls together in service to humanity to solve some of the stuff that we're facing right now. So I feel like that's kind of the next level. Like we've known leadership has been a little bit broken. The top-down approach hasn't really been working where I have the answers, follow me. (laughs) It's more like, you know, let's all come together with the gifts that we each have and bring them collectively together to really serve humanity where we're at right now.
1: So beautifully said. And I think particularly right now, if you're listening to this show later, you may remember those miserable times of the coronavirus pandemic. If you're (laughs) listening to it right now, hopefully this will be some comfort to you because I think that there it's really important to really embrace the opportunity to connect to people and to connect to our ability to, to really feel that spiritual side and that connection and purpose of supporting each other through crisis. And knowing that you know technology can support that is a really cool thing for some people it can be a little bit scary there's sort of a disconnect of what those two things are and that's one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you devi because you're so good at really helping sort of bring out that peace and to sort of remove that disconnect between sort of how do we use maybe remote spirituality or What are your thoughts on sort of some of the things that we can do to really connect when there is that fear of disconnect?
2: Yeah, it's such a beautiful question. And I really do feel like we're moving from I to we right now. So it is about us connecting, community. And I was actually having this conversation with my friend Mari on Sunday about how do you be in community when you're in quarantine? Mm -hmm. You know, like in the past, if we didn't have the digital technology, we would all be isolated right now. But luckily, we're here communicating together. You're here joining us, right? We're, we're all sharing this journey together, even though we're in our own self-isolated places. If you're listening to this during the time of the coronavirus, if it's after, you know, join us from the beach, right? <laughs> but but I, one of the things that I've been doing is I've been asking people that, you know, meditate or are more in like kind of a conscious bent or pray or whatever you do, at 11, 11 in the morning and 11, 11 in the evening, wherever you are in the globe, so we have it covered all around, all day, all night, to to send out conscious intention for seeing things start to shift. So one of the visualizations I've been using a lot is you see the little coronavirus images that are being put up on TV all over the place. Rather than envisioning that, I'm actually seeing that transforming just into golden dust. Like I'm imagining and envisioning our consciousness actually acts on things and will shift and transform it. If you've ever um, listened to Dr. I think it's Emoto is his last name with the messages from water. You can actually send attention to water molecules and shift the shape collectively by intention. So there's no reason why we can't do the same thing right now with the coronavirus. There's also technology solutions. Like here we are sitting on Zoom and we're connecting, you know, doing the recording today. I was on a Facebook Live with on Ecamm with my good friend Mari this Sunday. I use Marco Polo to connect with friends. We're sending video messages back and forth. My sister's in in Turkey. She's uh runs two divisions at Bilkett University and they're closed right now. So we're WhatsApping back and forth, you know. So there's different ways for us to stay connected that way. But from a spiritual perspective right now, it's so important for us to really collectively come together, I think, too and bring our gifts to the conversation. So each one of us obviously has that voice of our soul. We have those aspects of who we are. That's our unique kind of mix of genius, if you will. And now's not the time for us to be, in my opinion, to be necessarily going out and creating, you know, trying to sell stuff or, (laughs) you know, be in commerce as much. Now's the time for us to be mindful of the we and to collectively self-isolate so that we can serve the people that maybe, maybe it's not an issue for, for you with your immune system, but there are other people that may, it may be an issue for, but self-isolating and in that isolation, actually using technology and the resources that we have to collectively share our gifts in service. So looking at how you can be a leader of your voice of your soul in the world right now, like what are the things that you can bring that will help people And how can we collectively come up with new solutions in the way that we can communicate in community together? I know there's a guy who started a group recently called IntelliHelp, and I was invited into that. And there's people that need stuff, and there are people that have stuff on Facebook. And they're basically just saying, in your area, if you have a need, put it out. And if you're local and you can help, it's just good humans being good humans,
1: (laughs) right? Absolutely. It's interesting, as you're talking, it's pulling out. So you know, when I was doing my PhD, I started building out, I actually almost did my dissertation on social optimization theory, which was something that I had been working with for years as a consultant doing social strategy, but it was really about, you know, sort of building and maintaining mutually beneficial and effective relationships. That was sort of the core piece. And the mutual was really about reciprocity and recognizing what are your gifts and what are your needs and finding Whenever you do make a connection or whenever you do connect with people or organizations that you find ways to make it mutually beneficial. And that whole thing is really what we're coming down to now as we come to a higher level of consciousness and recognizing what our gifts are, but also really learning to, to ask for help. So recognizing mm-hmm. what our needs are and where there's a match and not having this expectation of a financial transaction necessarily, which sometimes that's what you have to offer for someone in need. But in a lot of cases, you can actually provide a service or a gift to someone without a financial transaction that is of as much value or greater value to them. And for some people, it's just checking in. We talked a little bit about that. You and I were just at this wonderful event, New Media Summit,
2: yes, where...
1: Just an, an incredible community of people that love people. I think is my favorite way of describing it. I w- somebody was asking me what was the event like. I was like, it's just the strangest experience to be in a room with 200 people that love people, but are mostly introverts. So yes. they love to. They're they're great at doing things like podcasting and remote work because they they really love to connect with people, but they don't like being in crowds, and they don't like being the center of attention. But they have much to give and offer. So they're. They're sort of perfectly positioned in social optimization to give, but a lot of them have a hard time asking for help. So what are some of the suggestions that you might have in terms of helping people identify one, what their needs are, but letting go of the fear of asking for help?
2: Yeah. And that's such a good point because I think so many of us are like, no, 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 I got this. I'm good. You know, or me and my own. So I think it's really important for us to, to truly be we, not just from the giving aspect, which I think is a lot easier for most of us than, and the receiving aspect. So my friend actually yesterday, I just was at a store and my friend had asked for eggs and they had like limit one for family. <laughs> and I'm out like calling her up, do you need eggs? Cause she has kids, right? You know, we have some eggs at home. So like things like that, that you're thinking about, like, how do we support each other? But as far as like knowing what you need, I think there's the like tactical things that we need. And then there's like the kind of intangible emotional things that we need, right? So this could be a time that could be very unsettling for someone, especially if they don't have family or community at home. So, so you want to make sure that you're covering both of those. So I think really tapping into, um, you know, if you are self-isolating and you're at home right now and you're staying, you know, back there and you're not having to go out, you know, what are the things that you would need to have yourself covered for a few weeks? Like what are the essentials that you need? if you are having to work remotely, that's a whole different conversation for a lot of people. You know, when we were talking in the green room about how, you know, we're prepared for this because we work from home and, you know, (laughs) we're remote workers, but there are people that are doing it for the first time. My sister was saying the students that are getting out of school right now in Turkey, she's like, this is ridiculous because they're like, yay, it's holiday. And so they're going out to bars Mm -hmm. and hanging out together in these closed quarters. Where here, are the bars have been closed. So You know, really also learning it like, what's it like to work at home? Like, what are the things that I need to set that up? And do I have all the resources? And there's so many leaders right now that are out online that are offering what we have for free to help you guys that are in this space right now just to support that transition for you. You know, do I need Zoom? Do I need, you know, what do I need to be doing those aspects? And how do I stay connected emotionally? How do I stay connected to the people in my community? And maybe that looks like, hey, we have a virtual coffee hour. Mm -hmm. you know, once a week or once every other day. If you're used to meeting with people and you need that interaction, how do you get your oxytocin? Like, do you have a cat? Do you have a dog? Right? Like, (laughs) How do we get the the connection that we need as humans? Because this is a very different experience to be fully isolated for that amount of time. And, you know, I have a friend who had a birthday and she was just celebrating and she's like, we're going to have a dance party on Zoom, right? So... Another friend's leading an angel circle tonight. So, you know, and they're doing like a donation to $10 thing. Like, you can either, if you need to come, you can come for free, or they do a $10 donation. So, but just finding things where you can stay interactive with people. Cause I think that's something that we may underestimate that we really need when we're in this time. And self care is going to be something that we need to take, you know, attention to. Like, some people are probably going to be eating more processed foods than necessarily fresh foods, which may be a shift in your diet. You know, how do you make up for that? Do you have supplements available? Do you have the ability to get supplements? I know today I saw something about growing water, you know, hydroponic vegetables. <laughs> so, really looking at like this could be longer term, it could be two weeks, it could be two months. We don't know. You know, I know there will be another side to this. We will get through this. And I would say, spiritually, just taking time to meditate. Um, I was talking about, you know, door triggers. Brenda Machard teaches like when you go through the door, you can actually anchor something. So, you know, when you're walking through, maybe if you're carrying a lot of stress, that's a great time. Just take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale out through your mouth. (sighs) Just remind yourself to move out of the fear and into love, like move out of whatever's causing you stress into resourcefulness. So you can set those things up, too, in your space to help support you as you're moving just through your quarantine time or even in your day to day life. If this is after that, you can set those things up when you come home or wherever you are. So.
1: I think I mean in a way I try to really look at this as it's kind of a gift because it's really I mean even in our household so I you know I've got two teenagers they're home my son is working remotely which basically means that you know our living room is his office and my husband has you know sort of cordoned off the office space I've taken over the bedroom which also means <laughs> that I need to be very clear about shutting everything down when it's it's the end of the day so that we don't have extra EMFs in the bedroom and that I don't sort of, you know, work that time into our lifetime. So we're trying to really create very clear boundaries about what is work, what is, you know, what is life free time. My daughter's here doing her homework and of course sleeping till 11 because she's like, yay, I can, you know, do my own schedule. But even last night we had the conversation of, okay, well, you know, it's really easy if you're not used to the routine of working from home to just work through the day and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, it's three o'clock, I haven't eaten anything. You know, just getting in sort of a wacky schedule. And So we, you know, decided that we're going to, for example, just put a list on the fridge of like who's in charge of dinner, who's in charge of lunch, who's doing the cleanup, you know, who's, and, you know, cleaning the house. Are we Our cleaners aren't coming. And because we want to keep them safe and we want to keep us safe, you know, no cross contamination. So our kids aren't used to doing things like cleaning their own bathroom, you know, spoiled kids, poor kids, they're going to have to learn how to do that. But it's an opportunity for us to, to really understand how to take care of our space and take care of mutual space and create really clear boundaries around what is work and what is play and making sure that we all check in to get outside, get that fresh air, and we don't eat the junk, and we don't, you know, it's easy to say, oh, okay, quarantine, let's get a whole bunch of chips and <laughs> ice cream, and, you know, it's party for the next two weeks. It's like, no, 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 you need to eat healthy even more so now, because you're not going to be moving as much. And, and also look at all the great programs that are online that you can do yoga, for, you know, have a lead yoga session or meditation session. Or, you know, some kind of a workout, whatever, clear a space that your workout space, and make sure that you actually use it. You probably do lead meditations. I I don't know. But I mean, if you don't, where do you recommend people find those? Mm -hmm. Or what kinds of tools are you using to sort of survive this time? Or maybe you just use them regularly that are online, easy access for people to try?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I do a lot of seated meditation. Actually I've I've taken two yoga teacher certifications in that windy road period. <laughs> and I grew up around Swami. So I've been doing meditation and yoga since I could pretty much sit. I've been doing that a form of yoga. So for me I I kind of just continue with that practice. And my husband actually teaches yoga. So if I really wanted a yoga class, I'd probably be like, Andrew, let's go in the backyard and <laughs> let's do some yoga. However, in in our yoga studio, actually just closed uh, their doors. They've been closing the gym. My husband's not teaching yoga right now. So there's some big shifts for people. There are a lot of yoga studios that are starting to offer things online uh, for their communities. So they've gone virtual. Like the yoga studio that closes the doors here does kundalini yoga. It's called community. They're actually offering virtual classes. Play yoga locally in San Diego, offering those classes there's a, an app called Insight Timer if you're wanting mm-hmm. some like uh, visualizations or things to listen to to kind of calm you. I'm planning to do some things this week on my Instagram. So you can always check out my handle. It's at DeviAdea, where I'm just going to be sharing some like tips and probably even doing some visualizations for free, just putting them out there for people that need some of that extra support right now. But there's just still, you know, for me, there's that. And then there's the beach, which I've been in a quandary. Like, <laughs> Do I go to the beach and walk and stay socially distanced or do I stay home and work out, you know, put put a space in my house? So I've actually been off rhythm for two days trying to figure that one out. Like, should I do?
1: (laughs) To that point, vitamin D is really important. So if you have the opportunity to go to a space that is an open space, some people are in the city, so they don't have the ability to do that. But I mean, going to the beach, I think is an excellent idea, because you're going to get the vitamin D, you're going to get the movement in your body, you get the fresh air, the sea air, all of that is really good. And to that point, I mean, one of the things that we did was we put in a big order of supplements of things like vitamin Mm. D, B12, bunch of different things, vitamin C, all of those things are really important. And so whether it's eating extra clementines because it's that time of year or whether it's you know just making sure that if as soon as the sun comes out you walk outside and sit on your deck to just let it soak in a little bit. I think those things are really important and you know we can do a lot online but we also need to be mindful of the things that we're not getting and finding ways to get them whether it's through actual you know food that we're eating and the nutrition or if we can't get it that way to do supplements.
2: It's so beautifully said. And, you know, we were even using at the event Thieves Oil, on, yes. which is supposed I got to mine. be helpful. Yeah, yay, it got there. <laughs> so we ordered some. Uh, Heidi got some too. And I just got some from my mom. But just like essential oils are a great thing too for inhaling because this is all respiratory. Also, if you're going through this, listening to this at that time. And then also, you know, making sure that you're doing things that support your cleanliness. And, you know, this seems simple. But like when you're at home, sometimes you may be like, I don't want to take a shower today. I'm not going <laughs> to. My hair ain't getting done, (laughs) so I think too. Like you know, making time for cleanliness practices at least every couple days, if if you're in a communal situation, is important. Those kinds of things. But I I also think mood is really important. I think it's really easy to, if you're if you are self isolated, like it's just important to keep your mood up. So vitamin D, that's that's a great tip. And I think I definitely will be going to the beach now that you've said that. I'll make the time and touch. Like if there's a way that you can even like take out some oil with some essential oil and just like even like self-massage your, you know, your arms and your legs and so just during this time so that you have a sense of the physical touch that you may normally get if you're out hugging a friend, right, that you don't get at home. Our housekeeper's staying off, and I'm sure people have massage or whatever support. probably not doing that right now, too.
1: To the point of your beach walk, it's actually been proven. There's scientific proof that even just observing images of nature can have the same effect on your body as actually being in nature. So if you have the opportunity to get out into nature, that is a great time to do your FaceTime call or your conversation that that's not necessarily recorded or for business but for connecting with people and share some of the nature that you're experiencing mm. with the people that may be isolated in close quarters whether they're, you know, they, some a lot of people have family in nursing homes. They can't get outside. They probably can't even leave their room. I don't know what the situations are there, but whether you're in quarantine or not, sharing a little bit of that nature, if you have access to it, is it's a real gift that we don't even think about, but it's, it's a real gift that we can give to others if we go do that. And technology lets us do that as much as physically getting out and going that walk. So, you know, if you were planning walk and talks before and you may not be able to connect to that person, take them on a walk with you anyway. And just uh, do your call with nature behind you.
2: That's so beautiful. It's interesting because I did a video for my uncle who was in the hospital recently. And I was like, yeah, you're probably going to be in there for a while. So here's some beach. (laughs) And I didn't even think about that. But he said it was so wonderful to see that. And one other thing too, sugar evidently lowers your immune system. So um, something to be thinking about. You know, I know a lot of us, like Heidi was saying, want to kind of bring in the stuff that's not so good, right? (laughs) But now's the time really to be mindful of consuming a lot of sugar, because we want to keep our immune systems up.
1: Yeah, well. any carbohydrates, really, unfortunately, and that includes bread and wine. I know, you know, a lot of people have been posting, oh, I got it, you know, we're going to go through the entire wine cellar and got to load up on the quarantini ingredients or quarantini. whatever. <laughs> I haven't that one yet. Oh, yeah, there's all <laughs> kinds of recipes for quarantinis and it's all good and fine. And that's not to say that you shouldn't consume anything, but just be conscious about it. Be mindful about what your consumption levels are and, and make sure you're taking, you know, you're practicing self care and, and taking care of the people around you. And one of the companies that I actually, in my last podcast, we, we talked a little bit about it, but one of the companies that I work with does a mental health app and we've opened it up entirely to, you know, with all functionality during this quarantine time, because it's so important for to be for people to be taking care of their mental health, and that's everything from people who suffer from addiction. This is a really tough time to mm. you know to make sure that you're being careful about that stuff and and uh, checking in with your yourself and with others, your support team, whatever it is, but making sure that uh, your you know depression can really easily be triggered by this kind of situation you know meditation in the app there's actually these binaural beats which are awesome but you got to do it with a headset so it it's called Enlight and you, if you download the app right now it's free it's free anyway but the full functionality is opened for during this time so normally it's you know one of those you know you get wider functionality if you pay a little bit more but mental health is so critical in survival in this particular circumstances so it's not just about staying at home or not getting the physical things that we need but mental health is so important and that's why I love your work because it touches on both of those things so much and is so valuable so we we haven't even talked about you have two incredible podcasts (laughs) we haven't even gone there I knew this was going to happen then we have so much (laughs) to talk about that we haven't even had a chance to talk about your work and the the cool things that you're doing and your podcast on purpose Can we circle back a little bit? I mean, Debbie, it's so fun to talk to you about just everything. And we could go on for hours, but I want to make sure that my folks understand some of the cool things that you're doing and the ways that they can hear more about your work. So tell us a little bit.
2: Okay. And I just want to add one more point because I, before we dive into that, and that is this my friend's daughter is in recovery. And you said something I think is so important. So I just want to add this little tip AA meetings and other meetings are getting canceled across the globe right now, too. So if you have friends that are in recovery, Extra important that you reach out to them right now or people that are like needing mental health support that are your friends. Okay. That said, all right. (laughs) So, more about what I'm up to. So, I have uh, the Spiritual Entrepreneur podcast. We've been running since 2016. We were nominated for a People's Choice Award uh, in the category of spirituality. And really, I started that show because I wanted to begin to shift the conversation around consciousness in business, do a consciousness upgrade for that. And so, one of the things that I was finding is a lot of people were teaching different skill sets and techniques and people were not getting the results that they would normally get. And what I was realizing is they're not talking about the 99.9% of what really creates results, which is the consciousness with which we do what we're doing. And so I wanted to start to open that conversation up. So that's my spiritual entrepreneur work. And it's really evolving too into conscious leadership as well, where we're really looking again at that collective voice of our souls coming together in service to humanity and a new paradigm for leadership. And then I also have the podcast on purpose podcast, which is also a consciousness upgrade to podcasting, where I'm really wanting to open up the conversation of the consciousness that we bring to episodes and things that we're doing with our work where it's really on purpose. So mm-hmm. rather than just podcasting and kind of filling up the airwaves with random conversation, which is fun too, right? Especially right now, right? <laughs> Probably enjoying some <laughs> of the funny ones or whatever. But really, you know, expressing that voice of our soul and service to humanity in that way through the podcasting platform and that vehicle. And so um, I have a whole uh, support for people that are wanting to launch their shows. We have an editing service and other things that we've created. And, you know, I do VIP weekends with people where I help them launch their shows and other things as well in person. So between the coaching with the spiritual entrepreneurs and the conscious leaders, and then really that, you know, helping people launch their shows and grow their message that way, that's really how I've been devoting a lot of my time lately. And right now I'm in a little bit of an interesting spot because of the coronavirus. So I'm really looking at how do I take those gifts to and serve in a greater way right now, in addition to the stuff that I normally do. So,
1: Well, you are truly a gift to, uh, to the world, but I feel to me, I feel every conversation I have with you I feel just like full of love. So thank you so much for everything you do. I'm sure working with you is awesome. Um, And at some point we'll find some way to work together because I just, I think it's so fun. And just so you folks know, at some point there will be a song coming out with Debbie and I, because we are determined to bring back the music into this. So I'm shouting it out now because I'm going to, I'm calling us out saying we are going to do this. We've been talking about it forever and it's going to happen. So who knows, maybe it'll be the new theme song or maybe we'll just, you know, we'll we'll see. We are so fortunate to have people that we can connect with, but when you find someone that you can sing with, oh my god. Mm. So, I just wanted to point out one thing for those of you who haven't heard it yet. Search on YouTube or Facebook. There is the most fascinating thing during this, you know, safety in place, whatever it's called. I keep on forgetting the term that everybody's using. But during this time, there are people going out onto their terraces in cities and singing and just, I mean, it's amazing the videos that are coming out. There was this one of an opera singer who did like a full operetta out on his balcony and everybody was out listening. This is somewhere in in Italy or Spain. Yeah. yeah. And there's another one where there's folk songs. Everybody's out on their balcony singing also in Italy. But I mean, what a great opportunity. If you live in the city, why not? join your voices. And I mean, you can text your friends that you know are within reach and just say, hey, let's all start singing. Do a FaceTime. It doesn't have to necessarily be out on your balcony. You can just all get together and, and have a jam session. Music is such a good catalyst for mental health and for, for sharing. And so I just want to like throw that out there because that is an element that's something I love about you, Debbie, but it also is something that I think is really a spiritual gift that we can all give to each other. So I hope you can don't mind say, me calling that out. But No, can I just say yes, yes, and yes. And
2: <laughs> and maybe we do it during this time when we're in quarantine. Maybe we make this song. Maybe we do like our own little singing circle or something. That would be so fun, right? Just online. Totally. There's this poem I'd love to end with. It's not a poem. It's like a little saying by this guy that I read that I thought was so inspiring about what's going on right now, too. So before we wrap up, if you want, I'll read that Please. as well.
1: Before, actually, I would love to really end with that. So what I'm going to do is do my closing statement. For those of you listening, don't sign off yet because Debbie's going to share her poem with us. But I just want to say it has been such a pleasure to have you on. And I'm sure I'll have you back, especially once the song comes on. Or we figured that out. (laughs) But such a joy having you on the show. And for those of you out there listening, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you and your time. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And we would love a rating and review. It helps others find us and let us know what you like about the show and how, what we can do more of. So thank you all. And I will say bye-bye for now, then we'll just lead you into Debbie's poem. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Heidi. And thank you guys for having me with you. This is a poem by Brother Richard Hendrick. So it's not actually a poem I wrote, but it's one that I thought was really Appropriate for what's going on. So it's called lockdown. Yes, there is fear. Yes, there is isolation. Yes, there is panic buying. Yes, there is sickness. Yes, there's even death. But they say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. They say that after just a few weeks of quiet, the sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family around them. They say that a hotel in the west of Ireland is offering free meals and delivery to the housebound. Today, a young woman I know is busy spreading flyers with her number through the neighborhood so that the elders may have someone to call on. Today, churches, synagogues, mosques, and temples are preparing to welcome and shelter the homeless, the sick, the weary. All over the world, people are slowing down and reflecting. All over the world, people are looking at their neighbors in a new way. All over the world, people are waking up to a new reality, to how big we really are, to how little control we really have, to what really matters, to love. So we pray and we remember that yes, there is fear, but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is panic buying, but there does not have to be meanness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Wake to the choices you make as to how to live now. Today, breathe. Listen. Behind the factory noises of your panic, the birds are singing again. The sky is clearing, spring is coming, and we are always encompassed by love. Open the windows of your soul, and though you may not be able to touch across the empty square, sing. So as we move from I to we, I'm very grateful for this time with you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Evolving Digital Self.